Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. I'm Tom Harvey from Aberdeen, and you're listening to the Emerging Market Equity Quarterly Podcast, the show that looks at what happened in the recent quarter and provides our outlook for the asset class. Today, joined by my colleague, Devin Kalu, Global Head of Equities and Head of Emerging Markets. Devin, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on. Thank you. We'll start today's podcast with a review of the fourth quarter of 2023. What did we see out of emerging markets? How did they perform? Uh, and maybe in particular, how did they perform compared to developed markets? Sure. So we saw a very strong end to the year with equity markets more broadly, um, with emerging markets up 4%, um, although that did underperform developed markets by about 5%. But much like all of 2023, we saw very similar themes in so much as if you look at what emerging markets ex-China did, it was up 6% in a quarter, uh, whereas uh, China was down 2%. And I suppose that's really been the story of emerging markets, that you've been waiting for China to do something, and so far it's disappointed. Uh, but if I think about it, um, we saw the creation of what I would say is a very benign environment. Uh, we had the apparent Fed pivot, uh, the signaling of peaking of interest rates, which certainly helped uh, equities as an asset class, but emerging markets and more broadly developed markets as well. And on the back of that, um, as I said, we saw that strong performance. And so from a, a relative standpoint for Aberdeen, what did the fourth quarter mean? Well, from a relative perspective, we were flat versus the index. Uh, I suppose the key issue here really has been that um, just about everything else in the portfolio did well, but China dragged down performance, and in particular, uh, China holdings. And if I take a step back and maybe talk about it in the context of the full year for 2023, uh, maybe that would be more useful. Because what we saw in emerging markets in 2023 was the markets were up around 11%, so they underperformed developed markets up 24%. Uh, but again, within that, uh, you saw China down 11 over this period, and emerging markets ex-China up around 21%. And within that, we saw Taiwan up 32 Mexico up something like 40-odd percent, Poland uh, up 40-odd percent. So there was this real bifurcation in emerging markets. And I suppose uh, when you think about it, uh, that's really been uh, a key issue for us within the portfolio, because... Um, over the year, our portfolio lagged the index by about 170 basis points. And that is because our China-Hong Kong holdings uh, took away or detracted about 393 basis points, which means that the rest of our portfolio did um, outperform by about 223, but not enough to offset that China thing. And I think if I think about what that issue or the issues that uh, you know, we were talking about for 2023, we effectively identified three things. Uh, the first was that we felt that the U.S. slowdown would be on the cards and would that U.S. rates peaking and would that um, that would be supportive for uh, emerging markets. The second was that we expected to see a China recovery uh, coming through, certainly helping that market higher. And the third is what we've been calling the CapEx story, which is effectively uh, three things, uh, the benefits of nearshoring, uh, the tech recovery and the green transition, which was really a strong support for emerging markets in China. And that, interestingly enough, um, has been something that has really paid out really well in emerging markets. So if I think about those three calls, uh, we got at least two of those right. Uh, certainly, if you think about US dollar and uh, US rates, uh, they uh, certainly peaked towards the latter end of the, of the year. But within that, uh, we saw some 
real strong currency performances by some of the most sensitive economies uh, to the US dollar. Uh, so Latin America in particular and some parts of emerging markets did really well on the back of that. But the real fundamentally interesting story was the CapEx story. So we saw uh, places like Mexico do really well on the back of the nearshoring um, story, for instance. Uh, you saw um, other countries like India, Indonesia similarly benefiting. The transition story, or the green transition story, helped a lot of countries uh, and companies in places like Peru and other places. And of course, the big tech story of which AI led uh, the markets higher, uh, certainly supported places like Taiwan. So that was good to see. Um, what we didn't see come through was the China recovery. And I think here is maybe something I would like to talk a bit more about because it's left us scratching our heads. Um, because if you look at the operational performance of our Chinese companies, they did very well. Uh, so if I think about earnings and 2023, on average, the earnings growth for our companies in China, Hong Kong was around 39%. Uh, the earnings growth for China more broadly was about 11%. Yet our stocks significantly underperformed the market, uh, with our stocks on average down around 22% versus the market down 11%. And really, that reflects the fact that we've seen a major derating on what I would consider as higher quality businesses in China because you've seen foreigners selling. In contrast, the areas that did very well were places like uh, financials, uh, technology, uh, petrochemicals, where earnings were actually pretty poor, but held up very well because these are the stocks that have been supported by the Chinese institutions. So I would argue that one of the key features of 2023 was that actually at the stock level, you, start, you saw earnings recovery coming through for many companies in China, but you didn't see that coming through in price performance. And that reflects the significant outflows that we've seen out of China as people have been concerned about the China story. Great. Thank you for that recap of, of 2023. So as we've now moved into 2024, um, you know, some of these themes might be a bit longer term that you were discussing. What are we expecting from the asset class uh, in this year? Well, if I think about what happened towards the end of uh, last quarter, I suspect that we have a pretty benign environment. Uh, increasingly, the consensus seems to be that the U.S. interest rates will be coming down uh, in 2024. And that is obviously very positive for emerging markets for two reasons. One, because of the currency impact. But second, it allows EM countries to cut interest rates. And would that hopefully stimulate economic growth? And that certainly will be one of the key drivers, uh, we think, in 2024. The second thing is that that CapEx story of nearshoring, green transition, and indeed technology, we don't think has finished. It has uh, plenty of uh, roadway yet. Uh, we continue to see uh, FDI flows into places like Mexico, Indonesia, and others uh, continue to rise. And that's good for those economies. In addition to that, uh, the recent COP, talked about the move away from oil and uh, coal. And as a consequence of that, we think the green transition story uh, will remain very much a central place. And of course, the big tech story, where you see two things. Uh, one is the AI-led recovery, but also more broadly than that, you see a semiconductor recovery after several uh, years of downturn. The one which we are still hopeful for 
but perhaps is more controversial, is the China recovery. And I think here what we really mean is how does China restore investor confidence? And that's probably one of the big questions and challenges for uh, 2024. Um, but if you think about the other two areas I talked about, uh, certainly for an EMX China perspective, the lower US interest rates, lower EM interest rates, um, and uh, improved CapEx story is still a very strong story and supportive for the asset class. Great. So you, you mentioned quality with regards to, to China in particular, the fact that perhaps quality Chinese businesses suffered maybe a bit more uh, than, than some of their lower quality peers. What are the prospects in 2024, not just for China, but more broadly for emerging markets, that quality stocks um, have the potential to perhaps outperform? So I think we're beginning to see that, right? So outside of China, you've already started to see quality and growth doing better. And again, against that backdrop of lower rates and indeed slower global growth, uh, you're seeing this rotation out of value into quality and the like. So I think that will become a tailwind uh, for us, given our quality-biased approach, uh, certainly into 2024. The big question, I think, really is whether that holds true in China, because as I mentioned earlier on, the things that have been doing well, which are the banks, the petrochemicals, the tech names, uh, these are many of them fit into that value camp, and they've been held up by lack of domestic selling rather than uh, any major fundamental uh, viewpoint. And then I give you a case in point uh, just to, to illustrate the, this issue. When I think about uh, the financial sector overall in China, earnings were up around 4% in 2023. Uh, whereas in contrast, the market or the financial sector was only down around 5%, which meant it significantly outperformed the index and indeed significantly outperformed uh, our quality holdings. And if you think about financials and particularly banks in China, you know, they have seen huge squeeze on the net interest margins and of course have growth challenges ahead. Um, confronting them, but, but the, as I mentioned, the, the, the stocks have done quite well. So that's really the one that I think we need to uh, make sure we monitor very carefully and where I think eventually uh, you'll start to see investors coming back and investing in some of these higher quality businesses in China because they're delivering the results. Excellent. Devin, thank you very much. That feels like a good place to bring this podcast to a close. Devin, I just want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And thanks everyone who took the time today to listen in. If you enjoyed today, then please download our other podcasts from our website or wherever you normally get your podcasts. Thank you. This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation or solicitation to deal in any of the investments or products mentioned herein and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen. The companies discussed in this podcast have been selected for illustrative purposes only or to demonstrate our investment management style and not as an investment recommendation or indication of their future performance.
The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns, return projections, or estimates, and provide no guarantee of future results.